0: And gentlemen welcome to the netflix and swill podcast your source for netflix news reviews and booze i'm caleb and i have severe heartburn and i have severe knee and ankle pain please tell me about it well you know how bitches always be tripping right uh-huh uh yes i my wife and i were sitting here this morning and you know Like, hey, what do you want to do today? Oh, let's uh, let's take the dogs for a walk up around the block. Let's get out of the house for a bit. It's like, sure. Sounds great. Uh, We made it to our front yard and. uh, My dog Maggie pulled the leash real hard and like. I kind of stumbled a little bit and the heel of my foot came down on a hickory nut that was in the yard, uh, which I rolled my ankle over and sprained my ankle really bad and then fell and uh, tore all of the skin off of the the knee on the other leg from the ankle that I sprained really bad. And then I laid there like a, a fat beached whale and said, well, I have to go back inside. Uh, I imagine it was something like, Ah! <laughs> ah! <laughs> it wasn't great. The, the only thing that was missing was... Uh, a school bus full of kids who could, like, point and laugh at me. If only you waited, like, a week to decide to fuck yourself.
1: <laughs> I'm really proud of you. I, I don't know how else to say it. I'm just very proud of you.
0: I'm proud of myself.
1: How about you? How was your How was your trip? Uh, long. Uh, I'm in pain. I'm also in pain, but uh, mainly because uh, I had to lift mainly things. emotionally. Well, no, I just had the I had to lift things. Like we had the we my my family had this old fucking like TV plus uh showcase curio stand that needed like taken apart and moved, and it was all very heavy, and uh, yeah. So like my entire lower body is sore, and yeah. Uh, but now the living room doesn't look like it's from the 1980s. It actually looks like a modern living room. Now, of course, uh, the 32 inch television that uh my parents only have because that was the only thing that could possibly fit within that that cabinet, uh, now rests on uh, an old end table that was downstairs, and uh, and and is on top of the combo DVD VCR player. Oh, great. But looks great. looks nice. Uh, can't wait for them to get uh, an actual television stand and then uh, an actual television. Where my dad was like, yeah, I'm looking at a TV. It's $6,500. And I just went. What the uh, fuck? And I'm just like, I mean, if that's what you want, sure. But the TV I have in my living room was $1,600 and looks great. So I don't know if you need to spend, uh, you know, four times that to get a, a better TV, I think. I think you could do just fine with, uh, you know, even the one in the basement.
0: I have two TVs and they were given to me. Congrats. Uh, Like, what do you you want? No, nothing. Uh, The one was uh, my wife's had it for, you know, quite some time. And it was a a Christmas gift. And the other one was. uh, I think her her aunt and uncle were getting a new TV and they gave us that one. Well, there you go. Uh, and so I took my 32 inch TV that I had and I threw it out a window. That is the correct
1: thing to do with a 32 inch television is just throw it as far as you can and launch it. I always remember anytime I pick up that uh, that TV, that 32 inch TV my, my family has. Uh, I, I remember uh, putting in my TV that I bought for high or not high school, for college. And uh I just, I just want to get my family to fucking upgrade because, like, we had a CRT still. And so we take out the CRT, and you know, it's a, it's a fucking two-person job because of all the fucking elements and shit in there, like the filaments and everything. It's like absolute fucking disaster of a mechanical engineering thing. So then we take that out, and then my dad's like, alright, let's lift up this 32-inch TV, and I'm like, uh okay. So, you know, we grab the handles and then he just goes, you know, one, two, three, and he lists, he's like, Oh. Because it's like four fucking pounds. Like yeah. it's it's fucking nothing compared to a yeah, CRT. Yeah, it's a
0: 32 inch TV. It's small. I don't know. My parents uh have the I think it's a forty two inch TV uh that I had when I was in college that I bought. Uh, And Mm -hmm. after college, I was like, here, have this. Uh, And if I hadn't done that, I think that they would still have their old CRT TV that they got in like uh, 2003 that I think like they won in a raffle or something. Oh, my God. Uh, (laughs) And like the fucking Prestwood like entertainment center that had like. Drawers that you would push on, and it it had like a magnetic latch that would like pop out, and you could open the drawer uh, that they had had since I think the late '80s. Which, uh, when I put the TV and TV stand that I had in its place, I took that outside and uh, threw it uh, on the ground and set it on fire,
1: which is the correct thing to do. <sighs>
0: Wow. Uh
1: yeah, so what we're learning is parents don't spend on themselves. They just they just yeah. you know, let things happen and they don't know any better.
0: My parents will spend money fr- on like frivolously, but not for like normal people shit. Like uh I had to we were house sitting for my mom one time and like from years of use her her microwave had like rusted through on the bottom so like when the thing spins like the where the wheel tracks to like spin the tray had rusted through in that ring. It was like getting ready to fall down. And I was like, Hey, this is going to catch on fire. Let's throw this away. And I bought my mom a new microwave. (laughs) How, how does that rust? Uh, presumably by being wet repeatedly for like, I don't know. That was probably 10 or 15 years old. That microwave. Was, was it just was there just like a leak in the house or like what? No, probably like she washed the thing and put it back in without drying it. And like the water sat in there, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. The good news is that now she has a microwave that has buttons on it instead of a dial that you like roughly guess the time you want to cook something for.
1: Well, okay, so that brings me to uh, my my parents throwing out their old, uh, well, old um, toaster oven that they got, and then buying an exact copy of it, like the exact fucking model they had, yeah. uh, because like it has the the analog dials on it, and mm-hmm. uh, as my dad has said multiple times, because my dad is an an industrial electrician, um, if you have like a digital timer on your toaster oven. Uh, it's likely going to melt all the fucking components at some point uh, because of all the the heat that you're putting out of it, especially Correct. if you cook it for long times. So mm-hmm. uh, analog is actually the best way to go with toaster ovens and not digital.
0: I don't know if I've ever seen a digital toaster oven. I wasn't aware that they made them.
1: Yeah, uh, we actually ha- and I have had a digital toaster oven. And would you like to guess what happened? Uh, the components melted. Yeah, the components melted, and it kept shorting in and out. Uh, And I finally got so fed up with this fucking thing after it burned some chicken. It burned some, like, chicken breast that I had on for, like, 13 minutes. But it just kept, like, turning off and on after it was supposed to be finished. So it just kept turning off and on for about, like, a couple minutes at a time, retaining the same amount of heat and just recirculating it, basically. So, you know, it went on for about half an hour and then burn the hell out of the chicken. Uh, and then I ripped it from the wall and immediately threw it outside.
0: <laughs> I threw it on the ground.
1: I I, I got angry. I, I yelled about it. I let the chicken cool. I ranted to Ashley that I'm throwing this thing the fuck out. We're getting a new one. And then I ripped it from the wall and threw it on the ground because I was just so sick of it.
0: Yeah, it was like... Uh... It was like you had captured a bee that was vexing you inside it and then put it out in the yard.
1: Uh, Except for the fact that, you know, I would have left it uh, closed and uh, let the bee die. And um, yes, you know, instead of. Or, you know, turn it on. Yeah, yeah, I would have probably turned it on. But then I would have immediately turned off so it wouldn't have even killed the bee. That that would have been (laughs) that would have been how that went for me.
0: Fucking man versus bee.
1: Uh, you still can't convince me that you don't love that show unabashedly, and and not ironically in any way, shape, or form.
0: I kinda like it. I mean, I won't lie.
1: Oh, uh, something I should mention before we, uh, get into the regular show proper. Uh, Linda's not here. Now, the reason Linda's not here... Yeah, conspicuously uh, absent. So, the reason Linda's not here is because I'm back home, uh, and we could not get Linda to sit the fuck down... To record this podcast, I couldn't get her to sit down to watch The Sandman. I couldn't even get her to sit down to watch trailers. I couldn't. I couldn't do anything with this woman. So, I'm going to figure something out for Thanksgiving. It probably won't be like a real fucking episode. It'll probably just be us shooting the shit with Linda for, and then she'll just tell embarrassing stories, uh, which is fine. And then uh, and then you'll get what you want, which is embarrassing dance stories on the podcast. Uh, The audience will get what it wants with Linda and I'll get what I want by uh, finally putting the shotgun in my mouth.
0: (laughs) The sweet release after all this time. So, yes, uh, unfortunately,
1: because of uh, the way my my trip went, because uh, Linda apparently worked way more than I thought she did, Uh, we had to put everything off. So uh, I apologize for misleading you. It was not intentional. I did not mean to not have Linda on the show.
0: I think that's uh, that's a good idea, though, for for this year's American Thanksgiving. We'll do what we're thankful for with Linda Brennick. Uh,
1: What I'll be thankful for is, again, the sweet release of the trigger okay with that let's get into what's your swill a time honor segment where we talk about what's our swill can we please get some alcohol into my mouth
0: he hates these cans (laughs) stay away from the cans all right well uh you know i had to do something special for myself because my ankle hurts uh so a few weeks ago uh the wife and I went to a local bar, which was, which was nice. It was, uh, it's not something that we've gotten to do very often for the last few years, so. Can't imagine why. It was, uh, it was nice to get out and, yeah, because of the global panini.
1: It, it was, that's the thing, my family was like, Dan, why don't you explore Raleigh more? It was like, uh, I don't know, guys, maybe because there's a fucking disease that shut down the world for uh, the better part of two years? I don't know, maybe, maybe yeah.
0: that had something to do with it, I don't know. <laughs> So, uh, I don't know. I was looking through their, their drinks menu, like their, um, like their signature cocktails and stuff. And one of the things that they do is, uh, a Kentucky mule, which is, uh, mm. you know, bourbon and ginger beer and lime juice and, uh, dash bitters. And, uh, I was like, that sounds good, but let's, uh, you know, let's do a twist with it. Cause I usually get, uh, Jim Beam for everything like all bourbon cocktails. Uh, I was like, use the Jim Beam Red Stag, which is uh, black cherry flavored. And uh, let me tell you. The Red Stag bourbon in a Kentucky mule is fucking awesome. So I've I've recreated it here this evening. It's very, very good.
1: Well, okay then. Uh, You've now made me want to look up the thing that I just had. Okay, uh, so I have my regular gin and tonic, or my vodka tonic with, you know, the the thing. I, Tito's? I, I, yeah, I've been gone for fucking like five days. Uh, I didn't have time to go out and do anything, so uh, instead I will talk about, uh, since you brought up the, the mule that you talked about, let me bring up the mule that I had, which was a Texas mule. It was uh, Tito's, lime, and ginger beer, and I could have gotten the watermelon version, but I just got the classic version instead. Now I had this at Cadillac Ranch, which is in uh, the, in Pittsburgh. This is in Robinson, and uh, I got a thirty nine dollar steak because I was very I I, I thought I was going to be paying for myself and my my mom and dad. I I was trying to put their check onto my check, uh, and my dad just went, "No, son, don't do that." Which, if that was the case, I never would have gotten the goddamn steak. But I got a thirty nine dollars steak. Uh, the point of the, that's not the point. The point is, is I got this drink with it, uh, and it was very delicious. And I, I want it.
0: I want more of it. I got, I got in a copper mug. It was cool. I felt so cool. Go. Yeah, I've got this in my in my copper cup. I don't know. Mules are just good. It's a good drink. Um, I don't know. the uh, The Kentucky mule came about during the prohibition. Oh, OK, the uh, the copper mug was the is the traditional drinkware for a, a mule because of, uh, you know, like prohibition speakeasies. You would just grab whatever random drinkware you could, because like, you know, wine glasses and shit weren't readily available because no one used them because alcohol was banned. So, uh, so you know. people had like their coffee cups and shit and, you know.
1: Yeah, so, you know, what I did before uh, Ashley's dad got me these rocks glasses, just drink shit out of coffee yeah. cups.
0: Yeah, just like a coffee cup full of moonshine. Yeah,
1: like that's but that's the college way. Hell yeah. What I mean, what's funny is that uh, copper mugs are well, I don't know if this happened back in like the 20s, but you know, uh, copper is now the thing in which your drinking water comes uh, from the uh, water main from. So Uh, Just think about that, everybody Uh, in the same cup that you're drinking your mule out of is uh, you could just be drinking water Mm -hmm. or, you know, just rip the
0: copper out of your own ground and then sell it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. The uh, the mule like like bourbon itself is kind of a uniquely American uh, thing, so it's uh, it's good. Actually, I'm like 99% sure that in the
1: 20s they were uh, they had lead pipes for all their water. So, yeah, that sounds right.
0: That's I
1: don't know when that change got made, but.
0: in Yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty sure in my lifetime, like there were still people with fucking lead pipes in their house. I mean, yes. L- look at Flint. Yeah. Yeah. Changing out lead pipes and asbestos fucking. Uh, like roof tiles and shit it was a very big deal for a long time. And still a big deal. There are still buildings with asbestos in them. Yeah. Which is the thing is like if, if asbestos is there, like as long as nothing happens to it, like you're not, you know, it's bad when you disturb it. But if it's just like in the wall or whatever and contained, right. you can, you know, as long as you don't like, fucking knock the wall down and then you know rail a fucking line of it because <laughs> uh, if you, you do you or a loved one might be entitled to compensation
1: <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> do the same thing <laughs> if you or a loved one has done <clears throat> a line of asbestos you might be entitled to compensation <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh shit. I'm glad that we've both watched so much American television that it's poisoned our minds forever. I mean,
1: that's the, that's kind of the beauty of streaming now, is that uh, only our brain can be poisoned with uh, actual content we, we're watching instead of, you know, the Education Connection
0: Girl. Yeah. I don't know. Any Anytime I go home, my mom's always like, hey, have you seen that commercial where... And I'm like, no. 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 <laughs> I watch I watch the uh, the
1: fucking Oscars of commercials every year. It's the Super Bowl, and that's it. Like that's yeah. the, those
0: are the only commercials I care about. It's true. It's also the Oscars of uh, Janet Jackson's boobs. We just need more Janet Jackson boob. I
1: mean, you know, it, it, is, is your sporting event failing? Jack- Janet Jackson boob is here to save you. Cool energy. All right. Uh, Let's get into uh, the rest of the show in the news.
0: Oh, shit. It's mail time. All right. Uh, Love, Death, and Robots has been renewed for a fourth season. I am now going to be four seasons behind. That's true.
1: Um, No. So here's the big thing that uh, when, when people say season four, they don't really... Really what they mean is season three. We're actually on really... The third season for Love, Death and Robots, because uh, Netflix, I believe, gave it an upfront of 32 episodes or whatever. Like, so what happened was the Panini split production on seasons, what wound up being seasons two and three. So those would have been combined, but weren't. So they instead marketed them off as seasons two and three. So technically, season four
0: is season three. Hmm. Fucking batch releases. Yeah, no.
1: Uh, I don't know. Uh, I like the show. It's, it's interesting. I mean, um, they're all short. So like, if you hate something, you just move on from it. It's just like, oh, yeah, uh, well, they're kind of like just, Black mirror. I've just wasted six minutes of my life. Oh, well, whatever. And then you move on to the next one. Like, so I, I think it's kind of like the beauty of that show is, is that being an anthology, which I still believe that, uh, in today's media landscape, we need more, more anthel- anthologies. Yeah. <laughs>
0: now it's a fucking narrative show.
1: But yeah, that was it. I, I didn't see really any other news story outside of, like, I don't know, two people posting, like, hey, no one plays the, the Netflix games. Like, 99% of Netflix customers haven't played a fucking game on Netflix. And I was like, I could have told you that. I wouldn't even have to survey anybody. I could have told you that was going to happen.
0: I forgot that there were games on Netflix because when you said that, I was like, oh, you mean like the choose your own adventure things or. Kind of.
1: May as well be. I mean, those were like the gamified. That's when they wanted to gamify like their television experience, which Mm -hmm. uh, I still think is an interesting idea. And uh, again, uh, allow Netflix to iterate, allow them to try things. We, We like when
0: people try things. Uh here is I'm looking at mm-hmm. the Netflix games now. Mm-hmm. They're showing one called Shooting Hoops. Yep. Uh which looks like it has super soakers into basketball. Yep. I don't know what that's about. That's shooting hoops. They have uh
1: point P. Po- okay. Uh so have you ever played the game Downwell? No. So there's this game called Downwell, where basically you're a dude who has like guns in his in his in his feet, and he's able to use the guns to uh like shoot things in midair and like uh use um uh, basically physics to like flip himself even further or such things. It's actually a really interesting concept. Uh, I I can't play it for more than like 15 minutes at a time, and it's supposed to be like this arcadey style. Well, Point P is by the same directors. And it's like reverse down. Well, where you're going up instead of down. So point P is actually like fun, but uh, I would love to see it not on my phone.
0: <laughs> OK, so I'm watching it now. I don't know it kind of looks like a really cute. Uh, less awful version of like maybe like a super meat boy meets doodle jump. Kinda. Yeah. So, let's see. They have Stranger Things 1984, Mm -hmm. which uh, I used to have as a mobile game. They have Stranger Uh Things 3 colon the game, Uh uh, which I have on the Nintendo Switch. Correct. They have Bowling Ballers (laughs) uh, into the dead Two colon unleashed. No idea what that is, which is a zombie action game. Uh, a strategy game called Into the Breach, which looks like it has a giant robot. Which, uh, right. okay, okay, shit. Um, so it's an isometric strategy game with mecha. Mm-hmm. Uh, get game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so and that's wait. available on like consoles and such. So, well, wait yes. Minute. What the fuck? <laughs> yes. So
0: the Netflix app links it to the Google Play Store to download the game. That is correct. (coughs) What the fuck is the point of it? All right. So uh, in theory, the game
1: would actually be worth money to play. It's just now that through your Netflix subscription, you are able to play a free version of it.
0: Huh? Okay. so I'm downloading that. I will report back on that. Okay. They got Exploding Kittens on here. Sure do. They've got something called Dragon Up. Hatch and collect rare dragons, then help them revive their magic in this colorful and beautifully animated idol adventure. Oh, it's an idle game. Wonder Putt Forever. Crispy Street. Asphalt x Something called Before Your Eyes. Relic Hunters, colon Rebels. Uh, an adventure game called This is a True Story. Uh, okay. Some, sometime when we don't have a main topic for a week, uh, we're gonna review the Netflix mobile game Knittens, <laughs> which is like kittens, but knitting. It's a puzzle game where you match up yarn balls with kittens, <clears throat> uh, and It's like Candy Crush. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about it for like 30 seconds. Which cat is more fashionable? Collect lovely clothes. No cat looks like... What? No cat likes to look dowdy, darling. Help felines look their best by mastering this match-three puzzler that transforms yarn into stylish outfits. Uh-huh.
1: Alright, so here's the question. Is the Too Hot to Handle game available yet? <sighs> not that I see. Because until that's available, I don't give a shit. Because we got that game, we have Shadow and Bone, uh, and then I think Bridgerton's also getting a game. Although it's not the game that I want Bridgerton to have. I want... I want. I w- see, Too Hot to Handle is going to be the dating sim, and I always felt like that Bridgerton would be a much more interesting dating sim. Because, you know... Like, uh, monarchy actually matters, uh,
0: time period. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, some of these games look real
1: bad. Oh, yeah, they, they're definitely Shovelware. But yes, if you have Netflix, if you have a Netflix subscription and you have the Netflix app on your phone, you can also download these Shovelware games, uh, free of, uh, free of charge. Because, you know, you
0: have to have a Netflix subscription for it. I don't know. I'll let you know how into the breach is because I saw that it was an isometric view strategy game. And uh, that's like my whole vibe.
1: I think I got just put on there recently. So. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, What other news? Because we're still in the news segment, I guess. Uh, there, there is no news.
1: I mean, uh, I guess uh, we could talk about how Purple Hearts is the most popular movie from the last week, which is a phrase I didn't
0: think I'd utter. Yeah, and people say that Netflix is dying. I don't know, right?
1: Fucking a hundred thousand. Uh, I think it was one hundred two thousand hour uh, hours. No, one hundred two million hours view. There we go. Uh, which roughly translates to about a weighted average of and I, I still can't believe this, like 50 51 million because the runtime of the movie is two hours and two minutes.
0: Hmm. Why is every movie two hours now? Why does a fucking throwaway romance movie have to be two hours? Just know. make your movie shorter.
1: Uh, Yeah, if you made a hundred minute army romance thing, I'd be like, okay. Uh, I think Yaney wants to watch it. Well, uh, wants to watch it because he wants to see, like, because, you know, Yaney's in the service. And he's like, how does this reflect upon the service people? Uh, to which I say, unless that man uh, has lost a limb, he has not really served. <laughs> this, is, this is a joke. This is a joke for collectors. Stop. This is not an opinion. This is not a real opinion. This is me fucking around, being a jackass.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, if you fuck around, you'll find out. I'm sh- I'm sure one service member is going to stop
1: like right after I said that, and he's like, "I lost a, 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 a my finger in fucking Nam, and now I'm here to tell you." And it's like, "It's a wonder you can type with nine fingers."
0: I lost my leg in Vietnam. It wasn't, uh, I wasn't in the war. It was a business trip. You know, I, I fell and broke my leg and it got septic.
1: You ever seen that movie Hostile? Yeah, it was, yeah, was kind of like that. This is nothing. Let's move to yeah, this is a bad segment. And talk about some trailers that are uh, also potentially bad segments. Baby, I can't control the internet. <laughs>
0: Uh, speaking of bad segments we have the trailer for the next 365 over two days is that joke still funny does anybody get that joke is anybody listening to me laura and massimo's relationship hangs in the balance as they try to overcome trust issues while a tenacious nacho works to push them apart uh i don't know i've Never met a nacho that was more tenacious than my desire to eat it, Dan. What do you think? <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is definitely
1: a movie. I don't know. Uh, I mean, already positives over the previous movie because they're actually referencing an event that happened at the end of the last movie. Mm-hmm. So we we like them for that. I don't know. Um, is this
0: the? Th- Third it is the third one. one? And what was the second f- one called?
1: Uh, uh colon next day. No, colon the, this day. This day. Yeah. I don't remember for a minute, but yeah, it took me a bit. But yeah. Uh, so I don't know, man. This is next week's topic. Like, uh I uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what you folks want. I at hate this you point. forever. Look, we we've we started. We have to finish. We have to finish strong, just like Massimo does. Oh Christ. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got him, ladies and gentlemen. I fucking boomed him.
0: Uh you dumb
1: piece of shit. Ultimately, I don't know what the fucking thing think about this movie. Uh, it, it looks like they're trying for something more dramatic, but, I mean, neither of them are good actors. So, like, it's just gonna be them being like, I don't like you anymore. I don't like you either, and I'm gonna go fuck Nacho. And it turns out Massimo fucks Nacho, so, you know. Interesting. I don't know, man. Fucking looks dumb. Can't wait to watch it. Uh, Probably gonna scream at the television a lot.
0: I want to see a fan edit of this movie where Nacho is replaced by uh, Jack Black and Nacho Libre. That requires there to be fans of this movie, though.
1: And of Nacho Libre. Uh, Right. There has the the Venn diagram or just like uh, the distance between the sun and Pluto.
0: Well, that's what, like, I don't know. That's the reason that I do this show in the first place is like to try to create weird Venn diagrams of people because really, like, like I don't know I think I think there was an episode where we watched Basic Instinct and fucking My Little Pony movie or something that sounds like a doubleheader we'd have <laughs> it was which makes you more horny <laughs>
1: Oh, no, it, it was when we did the last the last movie for 365 days this day, uh, we, we had that paired with uh, like some kids movie. And this, like, this is like, this oh, it was like, it wasn't like Raising Dion or something. And it was oh, like, it was, this, no. is the,
0: this is the perfect pairing. Yeah. For <laughs> first we're sour, then we're sweet. <laughs> oh, my God. Life is pain. Speaking of the next trailer is for something called Mo, uh, which is just M-O. M mm-hmm. O. Mo Najjar straddles the line between two cultures, three languages, and a ton of bullshit as a Palestinian refugee, constantly living one step away from asylum on the path to the U.S. Cit- citizenship. I almost said citizenship, uh, which you know, same thing. His family, including his resilient and spiritual mother, sister, and older brother, flee to Houston, Texas. Oh, I've got bad news for you. <laughs> yeah. uh, laughing the pain away, Mo learns to adapt to his new world through getting ahead in life. Though getting ahead in life comes with several setbacks. Uh, Mo Amer stars in Mo, premiering August 24th on Netflix. In Texas, Mo straddles the line between two cultures, three languages. And pending asylum requests while hustling to support his Palestinian family. Basically, it's, you know, a bunch of people mistaking him for a Mexican person. That's true. Because if you're tan and are in Texas, you're Mexican.
1: I, you know, I expect that of Texas. Honestly, if if he really wanted to subvert some expectations, he would go to like fucking Montana and see what see what happens
0: kind of feel like Montana is just cold Texas. Probably. Isn't that where the Unabomber was from? I'd have to remember uh, back to that episode
1: where we decided we wanted to talk about the Unabomber thing only because we got a screener from
0: somebody who uh, wasn't Netflix. Oh, that's right. Yeah, thanks for nothing, Netflix. No, no. And they wonder why they're dying. It's because they
1: don't give this podcast <laughs> specifically screeners. Yeah,
0: we've championed you for years, you know,
1: uh, fun, fun fact. Six years exactly to this
0: day as a release date. Whoa. That's... Yeah, that's right. Uh, this show's old as fuck. 365 times six days, colon this day. Uh, And then, you know, next week's episode
1: will be the, the na- you know, 365 times six uh, colon the next 365 days. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> now, what did you think of Mo? Uh, I don't know. It looks good.
0: I think it could be good. Yeah, uh, which is
1: good. We, 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 we like hope. Uh, it's, it's speaking of potentially no hope, uh, our final trailer for today is Do Revenge. Uh, after a clandestine run-in, Drea Alpha uh, parentheses Alpha Fallen It Girl played by oh it, oh that's supposed to be describing it girl okay oh, Jesus Christ Al, Alpha Fallen It Girl by com, played by Camilla Mendez, uh unparentheses and Eleanor parentheses Beta New Alt Girl played by Maya Hawk unparentheses
0: oh I hate it. Team up
1: to go after each other's tormentors. Do Revenge is a subverted Hitchcockian dark comedy featuring the scariest protagonists of all time. Teenage girls.
0: Yeah, because it's because it's strangers on a train.
1: Uh, Yes, that was going to be my exact thing. No, like literally that's it's that. Yeah, Yeah, it is Uh, directed by Jennifer Caden Robinson. The film also stars Rish Talia Ryder, Jonathan Davis, Maya, yeah, Maya Refico, Paris Borelic, Alicia Bo, and Sophie Turner. Fucking X-Men, Dark Phoenix's, Dark Phoenix herself, Jean Grey, Sophie Turner.
0: Yeah, uh, the Lady of Winterfell, Sophie Turner. No, no one knows that show. Uh, only on Netflix,
1: September 16th, music, uh, Dum Dum by Maisie a throne queen bee at a posh private high school strikes a secret deal with an unassuming new student to exact revenge on each other's enemies yeah so it's just strangers on a train but with
0: high school teen girls yeah that's true um mm, my hawk is
1: fine uh camilla mendez is in some movie that uh from last year or two years ago That I was like, oh, this movie's terrible, but she's good in it. So, I don't know. Maybe they can carry it just based off of their talent. But, yeah. uh, Just just go watch Strangers on a Train. Strangers on a Train is uh, at least an interesting movie. I don't know about this movie though, because uh, I, I don't feel like there's ever going to be a tennis scene where everybody's following the ball except for one one dude who's just staring at uh, a spot the entire time instead of watching the ball.
0: <sighs> My ankle hurts. Um, that's our
1: last trailer. Well, your heart's about to hurt because we're about to move into quick hits and talk about some stuff we watched this week. What does that have to do to, with anything? I don't know.
0: alright um well you know I didn't feel like waiting Uh, we're gonna talk about it not next week but the week after Uh, but I already watched the entirety of uh, the new season of Never Have I Ever uh, because I care about teen girl drama
1: oh so that means you're definitely going to be watching Do Revenge on Netflix only on Netflix September seven seventeen billion. 17 billion wait shit I messed up
0: No, I don't know, new season's good. Uh it's got twists and turns and japes and uh the jungle japes. DK Donkey Kong. Man, remember Smash Brothers? I do. Remember
1: there's now a thing on from Cartoon Network called Multiversus where they have all the Cartoon Network
0: characters fighting each other? Yeah, remember how it's uh ass? No, I've heard heard nothing
1: but good things.
0: Really bad game. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, still like the show. Well, good. Uh, I'm happy you do. But we're not going to talk about it anymore until it's time. That's true. Uh, We have a couple weeks.
1: Because we have to watch the the sexy movie first. Uh, Anything else? That's it. Okay. Uh, I watched six episodes of One Piece. Uh, they're finally done with the Baratier arc. Uh, thank God. Uh, they're now on to Arlong Park, which is a much more interesting uh, arc than than the Baratier arc ever was. Uh, I, Baratier brings in Sanji. Sanji's great, but you know he, he, that that intro arc is uh, rough, and. Um, I keep hearing that like they're the first season of the live action One Piece is going to go through the Arlong Park thing and potentially further and I I I just I I'm on episode 34 right now of the show uh going into 35 and I believe the Arlong ep- the Arlong arc ends at episode 40. So someone please tell me how they're going to condense 40 episodes of anime into 10 one hour long episodes because if you can tell me that then i'll buy it otherwise ain't no fucking way that's happening i
0: don't know it's going to be same as uh the way they did fucking death note no just, just do it at a breakneck pace and then you know yeah, yeah.
1: there's uh there's a there's a happy medium between one piece pacing and breakneck pacing. Uh you can find it and I believe in you. Just don't do the stupid thing. I-, I really believe in you to not do the stupid thing. So yeah, that's uh that's one piece. I'm gonna continue to watch it, but uh yeah, I'm only thirty-four episodes into uh a thousand and fifty episodes of filler because now the real arc is beginning
0: <laughs> in Japan. Yeah. I oh, don't know. I'm uh I'm I'm proud of you hey thanks
1: oh, that's it i didn't watch anything else actually that's not true i watched like 20 minutes of the toys that made us uh mighty Morphin power rangers the toys that made us is at legitimately terrible documentary style like mm-hmm. anybody who emulates that style needs to be sent straight to jail uh and never heard from again it's it's just bad make
0: make a bad documentary believe it or not jail
1: you know, just just let the people tell the story. Don't 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 try to in, insert like narrator being funniness. Just just tell a fucking story. How hard is that? The story is interesting on its own. It does not need people being like, "Oh, well, I I got these zany hijinks I'm going to do in between interviews." <laughs> uh fucking dog shit show. I can't believe they're still making more of it and then they spun it off multiple times into different things.
0: I'll occasionally throw on an episode if I absolutely have nothing better to do and I see that they have one that's like something I have a an actual interest in. Mm. But it's not good.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's the ultimate problem is like the the actual content is interesting. It's just the way they present the story is so fucking bad.
0: Yeah, it's true.
1: But that's it. That's, uh, that's all I, I watched this week.
0: Well, all right, then. Uh, Well, that'll bring us into a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about our featured review for the week, The Sandman, Season 1. Hello, everyone. This is JD from the In Session Film Podcast. Each week, we review the latest from Hollywood, California.
1: Well, yes, Brendan. We also
0: give top three lists.
1: Okay, yeah. Thanks again, Brendan. Additionally, you can
0: hear us talk other movie news, trailers, varying movie series, or other interesting film-related topics, and even rants and raves of the week. On top of our main show, every Friday... You can also hear our extra film podcasts. Uh, You can listen to the In Session Film Podcast on... iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or at InSessionFilm.com. Listen to the In Session Film Podcast every Monday and Friday. Subscribe today and hear me verbally beat JD like a Cherokee drum. No, 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 no. That's not (laughs) how this works, sir. The Netflix and Swill Podcast is brought to you by our patrons, Gerald Morris Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, Casey Moore, The Nerd Revert, and Dan's Mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at netflixandswirl.com patreon buy some shit visit Netflixandswill dot slash merch leave a review and tell me how good i'm getting at public speaking visit netflix dot slash apple podcasts thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots we now return you to your regularly scheduled banter welcome back everybody
1: caleb it's time to get into our main view topic for the week the sandman season one
0: The Sandman is a new drama fantasy horror series on Netflix, Uh, 10 episodes. It is a 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb and tells us the story of Morpheus, Lord of the Dreaming. Upon escaping after decades of imprisonment by a mortal wizard, Dream, the personification of dreams, sets out to reclaim his lost equipment. Uh, This is created by Neil Gaiman, Gaiman, Gaiman. Uh, David Shine S. Goyer, like a diamond. Alan Heinberg uh, it stars Tom Sturridge, Boyd Holbrook, Patton Oswalt, uh, other people. Mm-hmm. I really recognize a ton of people from this. Uh, Death is played by Kirby Jean Baptiste, I believe. Uh, that's true. Uh, I bring her up because she's important. Oh, I did. I. Uh... I did recognize Jenna Coleman. She was a a Doctor Who actress companion, as some might say. Yeah, Uh, yeah, she's she exists. She's there. Mm hmm. mm -hmm. But yeah. uh, What did you think of the show overall? This is, I think, your first first experience, uh, first foray into the Sandman mythos. Mm hmm. That, that,
1: that is correct. Those are the correct words to use. Uh, let me give you some other correct words to use. For the first time ever, I'm saying this. This should have been a split release. 100%. What? No question about it. Should have been split release, because the tone shift from the first five episodes into the second five episodes feels very drastic and uh, could have taken some time in between the two in order for me to readjust what was happening, because uh, you know the first five episodes are all about Dream getting his tools back, and then the second five episodes are Dream reconciling his relationship with the human world,
0: and and the fact that he was gone for a hundred years. Right. Uh, well. Okay. Right. I I get that. Yeah. But it, but like one comes
1: across as like a uh, okay uh, you know dark fucking thing where it's like, okay, now this dude's going to now get into like some fucked up shit. And believe me, some fucked up shit does happen in the second part, which we'll get to. We'll talk about that in spoilers, but like mm-hmm. for, but like the, the difference between the two in terms of tone just feels so vast to me that if they did a split release for it, I think I would have been a bit more receptive to it. I like the first half. The second half is kind of whatever. Uh, ultimately me leaving with this show saying it's fine.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know. They are, they are really closely related stories. So like I get there, there is a jump where at one point they resolve kind of what he's trying to do. And then he's just like trying to pick up the pieces and move on. So I get where you're coming from, Mm -hmm. but, um, I don't know. I, uh, I read all the Sandman comics when I was in college. Uh, Big, big, big fan of the Sandman. And, uh, you know, for for what it's worth, like this is, you know, the comics realized on on film, basically like this is as close as you can get for an adaptation. Uh, I thought it was actually quite fantastic. So. There it is. We're back I've to me being positive and uh, you, you know, bringing me back down to earth, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, it, it just... And it, it maybe it was some uh, along the lines of me not knowing what to expect with anything, because I just had no expectations for this thing. I was just like, oh
0: yeah, this is a thing that people are like, or whatever. And that's, and that's my big thing that i wonder about with this is like how does this work for people who have no context for it because it's uh pretty fucking wild
1: yeah and like i was like i said i was on board with the first half like I, I was like okay we have a very singular narrative and then the second half is because it also has that sixth episode which is uh fantastic and don't get me wrong, that, that sixth episode I think is great, and it's the best episode in the, in the show. But, like, from there, it moves on from that into this other narrative, which is like, well, how do these all reconcile with each other? And it's like, it's more, it's less about, like, what's going on and more about, like, people's effect on dreams. And how that, like, he is slowly changing throughout that arc into, you know, being a better uh, Dream Lord.
0: Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I guess. Uh, I guess before we get into the narrative too deeply, like, we can just kind of talk about some setup stuff because, like, if you've never seen this or heard about this, like, it's it's pretty wild. Uh. So Dream is one of uh the endless which is like a group of seven anthropomorphic like primal forces uh so like there's uh destiny, dream, death, destruction, desire, despair and delirium um so those are those are your seven and like dream is like one of the I think I think Destiny and Death would be the two that are stronger than him but like you know he's one of the the older siblings right um and you know one of the more ostensibly powerful siblings but um so like they're not gods they're just like kind of primal forces like it, the universe of this like capital G god like objectively exists Uh, As does Satan, who is a character in it. Yes. And then like, you know, there's there's other like there's a lot of there's a lot of like varied mythology that comes into this. And also like they don't really come right out and say it, but they show it a little bit where um, like the way you perceive dream and pursue presumably like all of the endless is dependent upon your like culture. So like, uh, whenever dreams going through hell in the one episode, uh, there's like a woman who I guess had betrayed him like a long time ago, who's Mm -hmm. now imprisoned in hell. Uh, and she sees him as like an African tribes person. And it's like, whatever, whatever you are, like you see, them as like a reflection of yourself to an extent and like they they get into that in the comics too and stuff where like they talk about like animals also dreaming so like there's like a side story in the comics where it's like about a cat's dream and dream appears to them as like a giant panther because it's like he you know Like, eh, like all life is kind of egotistical and thinks that, like, they are the ultimate expression of life. Sure. Uh, And therefore, like, these primal forces would also be reflections of themselves. Interesting. But yeah, other than that, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of other stuff, like, to really know about, to, to drop into this, except, like, maybe... Just like random bits of folklore and stuff that they reference that, you know, either you'll get it or not.
1: Sure. Well, okay then. Um, I think the last thing I want to bring up, and uh, this is a potential flaw with me, is that I find Tom Sturridge and his performance uh, completely lifeless. And maybe that is just how Dream is portrayed. He's just an
0: emo boy. But uh, yeah,
1: it just...
0: Yeah, I think think it's kind of intentional and like especially especially early on like dream is just super detached from everything it's like i don't know i i'm I'm not saying you're wrong or anything i'm saying that like i i think that they meant to do it and that's another thing that kind of can like probably throws people off because it's like here's here's this really weird stilted performance on purpose, with no context.
1: Yeah, yeah. and um, Believe me, I, I figured that was the case, is that, you know, it's not just him seeming lethargic, it's just, this is how the character is written. And for me, I don't find that to be a very interesting protagonist. Uh, <laughs> it feels like with Dream, you need interesting side characters with him all the time. And that's why I like the first five episodes, because he does have interesting side characters with him all the time.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh,
1: and then in the later episodes, it's kind of just like dream isn't really a character. Like he just kind of exists for the most part. And then like he comes in and does his, his thing randomly. I don't know. We'll talk about it here in a bit. But yeah, that's it's. It, as we moved on with the show, I just liked
0: his character less and less. Yeah. I don't know. Visually, I guess they kind of did their best. Um, I like with- it visually. Well I mean like specifically with Dream's character. Um, oh okay. Because like the the look of the character in the comics was like he was originally based off of Robert Smith from The Cure who has like a yeah, very a very like specific and very audacious mm-hmm. uh, fucking hairstyle. Yep. And I wish that they would have kind of done more of that kind of thing and maybe even like you know, fucking make him pasty white because he's basically like the ultimate goth kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very true.
1: But yeah, like, I don't know. I, I, I didn't want to really ever blame Tom Sturge about it because it felt like it was always yeah. a direction thing versus a, a his choice
0: thing. Yeah. Well, no, I thought like I'm not I'm not really complaining too much. Like, I think the casting is is actually quite good. Uh, like particularly if you're like me familiar with the source material, but you don't know. Uh, I don't know. A lot of the casting I I did like a lot. I liked, actually I was, I was really excited to see Gwendolyn Christie in here as, as Lucifer, uh, the Lord of hell. I thought that was a mm-hmm. really cool casting choice. I don't know. The only thing that like kind of threw me casting wise is, uh, fucking, Patton Oswalt as Matthew the Raven, because like it, it wasn't like he didn't really do anything bad in the role. It's just like, oh, it's Patton uh, Oswalt and I can't uh, unhear uh, that it's Patton Oswalt and it kind of took me out of it a bit. I think he's I think he's very
1: bad in the role. He yeah. the, his his line delivery is actually atrocious.
0: Yeah, it's not the really The entire good. time.
1: So yeah, I hope they fix that. Uh, cause he, I, I just listened to it the whole time. It's like uh, it's Patton oswald and it's like he's reading from
0: a fucking cue card at the goddamn yeah. Oscars.
1: Like he well, just doesn't like,
0: care. I think Patton oswald is like fine in a comedic role, but like this is not a comedic series. So don't I don't know me. why they got a comedic actor and one who isn't like known for being a voice actor. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it, it's 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 a yeah, I, I don't get that. I don't like. Man. Mark Hamill's in the show Uh, really quickly, just very quickly. He's in the show. And wait, what? Uh, I, yes.
0: Did I fucking miss Mark Hamill? Yes, you did. Where was he? Uh, Pumpkin dude. Oh, that's right.
1: Holy shit. I didn't even catch it. Yeah, so he's Eve pumpkin dude. And like, I'm not saying because I've as time has gone on, I've just started to realize that Mark Hamill really can't do voices. He just does like three
0: voices and that's about it. That's all he's got. Yeah. And they're all it's just a variation of his voice.
1: Right. And, and I'm just like, I'm just so over this. And, and of course, I say this and like my favorite voice actor of all time is Johnny Young Bosch, who just does his voice and his voice alone. <laughs> so like. I know I know I'm sounding like an asshole when I say it, but yeah, like maybe Mark Hamill in the Patton Oswalt role works a bit better, maybe. But yeah, I don't. Patton was just very bad. Should have got Johnny Young Bosch. Oh, my God, I would have came. That would have been a 10 out of 10 series just right there. All right. uh, Anything else you want to say non-spoiler wise before we talk about the, the nitty gritty of the show?
0: I don't know this. The Sandman was published by DC Comics. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I don't know if I would have because like it's kind of tangential to DC Comics, and like there's a few little references to DC Comics in Sandman and vice versa. But like, I don't know. I don't know if maybe there there's one thing in particular that it's like. Well, why didn't they just make it the person it is? And we'll talk about it. But Uh, yeah, we can talk about it. And I do have
1: an answer for that question. So. But that's it. All right. Uh, What would you give it?
0: Uh, I would say a four. All right.
1: I'm going flat three.
0: Yeah, that sounds about uh, right. Uh, a, A lot of it really is just like comic panels brought to life for me like this is kind of as sure. i was reading through it this is how i envisioned it in my head a lot of times so
1: yeah that's fair i mean let, let's be real no review is always going to be on un- like not every review is always going to be unbiased like it's well, yeah, always like you, no kind of bias
0: everybody carries their past experiences into it right and if you say you're not you're full of shit and you're yeah, lying exactly. to yourself and me
1: yeah correct uh okay so with that, let's get into spoilers for The Sandman Season 1. Let me just
0: play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. <sighs> okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. And no, no, like... no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, but the ending is awesome. So can of a bitch, the... this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff for uh, me. No, I don't.
1: And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see Okay, you. you sound like a crazy person right now.
0: All right, uh, well, the show begins whenever uh Roderick Burgess uh who likes to be called the Magus by his weird sex cult now
1: now Caleb really <laughs> quickly what <laughs> magus would you call what magus would you consider him uh hmm and you know which magus i'm referring to of course i do i hmm for those of you playing at home there's a, a cycle of magic the gathering cards called, called Magus of the and they're based off of well, iconic there's like there's cards.
0: like three cycles of them because they keep well, right. making more.
1: Well, right, but, but the point is is like I, I consider them all part of one cycle because they're all the magus of whatever. But basically, they're they're cycles of uh, creature cards that are uh, in turn uh, creature card versions of famous spells of Magic: The Gathering.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We'll go with uh, Magus of the Will. Uh, which is uh, based on the card Yawgmoth's Will. Ooh, uh, you can you, you can pay two black tap and exile him, uh, and until the end of your turn, you can play lands and cast spells from your graveyard. It's a reanimator card. Oh, you exile it too, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You can't can't loop that shit. That'd be that'd be crazy if you could loop that. Yeah, yeah. It's a one off. No. Uh sorry for uh, the stupid tangent thing that, that would be funny. <laughs>
0: there's there's three people who are like, yeah, all right. So Roderick Burgess, this uh occultist sorcerer type person. Um his uh his son died, and he wants him back. Uh so he's trying to Capture death of the endless but he he fucks up and gets dream instead yeah this leads to a lot of problems and is widely regarded as a bad decision (laughs) there's a couple things you don't fuck with time and death yeah uh so he he gets dream and then uh you know dreams incapacitated in like the circle of binding that they they s- summon him in and then they imprison him in a glass sphere. Uh, And he just he just kind of sits there. But every day this fucking guy comes and is like, give me my son. And Dream just like stares blankly ahead. Because he can't because, you know, that's not his whole deal. Right. But uh, Morpheus, a.k.a. Dream, a.k.a. Uh, the Sandman has you know his three tools that he uses to basically carry out his his duties as Lord of the Dreaming. Uh, he has his his helm, which is like kind of the his badge of office that was made from like the skull of a demon or some shit. Sure, uh, it's like this weird. It's like uh, kind of looks like a World War One gas mask, I guess. It's kind of punk rock, yeah, a little bit. And then he has a ruby and then he has a a bag of sand. And like, I don't know, each of these tools, like they explain it more in the comics, but like he kind of made them from himself and put like a portion of his power into them. It's like having his tools taken away, like kind of incapacitates him and makes him like far weaker. So, yeah, kind of by, you know, just time doing what it does, like he he eventually is able to get out and like goes to search for his tools so he can regain his, his former power.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it, he knows eventually that somebody's going to fuck up because inside the sphere or outside the sphere is like this circle of protection that basically like as soon as it gets smudged, he's like, oh, I can leave now. Cool. Thanks, everybody.
0: So yeah, like the first thing he goes after is uh his bag of sand uh mm-hmm. which, you know, he So like the second episode is him getting prepared to track down his tools. Um so the first thing that he does is, you know, go back to the dreaming and and see that it's like in shambles because he wasn't there to sustain it and like right, right since the the realm of dreams is a part of him and like, you know that that whole thing, uh, it's just like it's fucking gone to rot in his absence. Uh, so he pays a visit to Cain and Abel. You know, from the Bibble, from the Bible, Cain is constantly murdering Abel, and then Abel resurrects, and you know they just do it all over and over. Right.
1: Which is, which is fine. It, it, there was a there was a thing. I was like, oh, so this is all these characters are. Got it. Yeah. And then uh, I think like, I think
0: the comic kind of explains more fully why Cain and Abel are there at all. But like in this, they're kind of just there. Well,
1: I think they try. It's something like. Oh, I, I can't even remember at this point because it was just such a like a like they, they appear in like two episodes and they're like barely there.
0: So it's just like uh, these characters, I guess, are here. Yeah. uh But basically, like they have a, a pet gargoyle who. uh Was a nightmare created by dream, and it's like one of the last things that. Is still intact in the dreaming that was like a creation of dreams mm-hmm. so like he has to. Uh, basically, like take it back to give as a gift to the Fates, because like you can't summon the Fates without you know making an offering. Uh, so like he has to basically, um, crush Abel's hopes and dreams by taking his pet gargoyle, so he can kill it uh, and reabsorb it into himself, so that he can give it to the Fates. Uh, right. Who tell him? You know. The, the three fates let him ask three questions uh, so we can try to track down each of his three tools, which, uh, you know, the number three is uh, very thematic in like a lot of scriptures and stuff. Yeah. Three, seven. Those, those, are, the, those are the big numbers. Yep. The Trinity. Uh, so the first thing he goes after is the bag of sand. Uh, which was last held by uh, Johanna Constantine, uh, which is you know a descendant of somebody that Dream knew before he was imprisoned. Now, which drove me insane. Now this this is the thing because in the comics yes. it is John Constantine, akl aka Hellblazer. Uh, that's
1: not what drove me nuts. It's just pronouncing it as Constantine instead yeah. of Constantine.
0: Yeah, it's like, why Why can this not just be John Constantine? Well, uh, that's very simply answered
1: by just saying that uh, DC wouldn't uh, license out the character of John Constantine from, because, you know, they use him in mm-hmm. the Constantine movie with Keanu. Yeah. You have him in all the Justice League dark movies. So they had to basically create a gender bent character version of John Constantine. That's fine. Why wasn't
0: it Joanna Constantine then? Uh, that I don't, uh, that <laughs> I will never understand ever. It's like, it's, you know, not like an extra layer of fucking obfuscation to spell it the same. But, you know, it's like, it's like, no, my name's Frederick Frankenstein.
1: Right. It, it, yeah. I, yeah, that was just, I I know why you're doing it. I know why you have her as uh, I know why you have Olivia Coleman as Joanna Constantine, but like yeah, please just say Constantine please love fucking
0: Christ. Oh, I guess uh, before we go too far, like this this motherfucker like refusing to let dream go like basically turned the world into a fucking nightmare because uh, like for the hundred years that dream was imprisoned uh, some people were just not able to fall asleep at all ever and just live their entire lives just like fully unable to fall asleep and ended up killing themselves and stuff uh, and other people like just fell asleep and never woke up yep uh, I don't know which one's worse but the answer is probably yes. I wanted them to explore that part of it because you told me that before that
1: like they didn't like no one could really fall asleep. Like, you know, you if you and you if you did fall asleep, like there was potential that you would never wake up again. And it's just like that that really felt underexplored, even when we get later in the series where we get yeah. into uh, that whole arc. But like if it, it just felt so underexplored, that's one of those things I would I actually like to have seen.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I th- I think that uh, I'd probably just chalk that up to them like having to fit it into like a 50-minute TV episode. Right. You know? Uh, like the comic does get a bit more granular on a lot of this stuff, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It turns out uh, Joanna Constantine had uh, a girlfriend who uh, ended up like basically like she just ghosted her and uh like left the bag of sand there Uh and she got addicted to this dream sand. So she would just like, you know, z- fucking put herself into a like a trance and have like crazy trippy dreams. But like right to the point where she wouldn't like it's, I don't know. It's like uh ready player one where everybody's just in VR all the time and they fucking don't take care of themselves. Yeah. So like basically the only thing keeping her alive was the dream sand. And, uh, you know, she like, she was just kind of, uh, rotting away in her bed. And like the, the comic gets a lot more like into the nitty gritty on a lot of things with this that I'll kind of mention throughout, but like in the comic, it's like, you know, shows her fucking bed sores and stuff. Cause like for years she's done nothing, but just like lay here and have these fucking like heroin dreams. Uh So dream takes well, back the sand and, and gives her a merciful end of, you know, just dying.
1: Yeah, well, so the thing with her in the bed is that they kind of show her, like, emaciated, Mm -hmm. and that's about the extent of what they show with with her, because it's only been a few months as opposed to uh,
0: overall years. Yeah? Yeah, they, uh, he gets the sand, the next one he goes after is the helmet, which, uh, he he finds out is being held by a demon of hell. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he asks the the fates you know which which demon and they're like you already asked your question and he's like fine whatever uh so he just goes to hell to find out this episode has some of the coolest visual effects cuz like there's dudes that are just like embedded in a wall and like yeah. they'll kind of reach out and like do a thing and then like become part of the wall again it's kind of badass yeah pretty dope He goes to hell. He gets, uh, you know, to have an audience with Lucifer. He finds which demon has his helmet. Uh, He asks for it to be returned to him. You know, the demon's like, fuck you. I I traded for this fair and square. Uh, And Dream is like, well, I'll I'll challenge you to a game to win it back. Uh, So they do. Uh, basically it's like, uh, advanced rock, paper, scissors. Yes. Where it's like a game of transformation where it's like, uh, I am this, well, I'm this, which beats that. Uh, but then, and then like they're fucking wounded by it, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. I'm a hunter. Uh, and it's like, well, I'm a snake who bites the hunter and, and kills him and then dreams poisoned and shit. Uh, so like, you know, as is custom, they get to choose, uh, you know, a champion to represent them in this. So like, Dream's just like, I'll represent myself. This demon's like, well, I'm gonna choose Lucifer Morningstar to represent me. So Dream has to fight Satan. Uh, yeah, objectively, the second most powerful being in existence, uh, next yeah, to Capital G God and his his son. Jesus Christ. So I don't know. It's it's pretty badass. It uh it ends with like, you know, uh, Satan's just like, I'm th- the end of all things, like the death of the universe, and you know, nothing can nothing can survive uh in dreams just like I'm hope. I'm hope, uh, I and win. Satan's like no
1: yeah yeah that, that's actually exactly how it went to
0: anybody <laughs> says differently
1: is wrong but yeah like yeah uh so that, like visually that was a cool episode uh actually like that that was like kind of like a okay episode like yeah i see what you're yeah. doing here you're, you're 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 doing like mental warfare shit that's cool also you're setting up uh, a potential season two with uh, dream having defeated Satan and therefore Satan getting pissed about it and wanting to not uh, get back at fucking dream by invading the dreamscape. But we'll talk about that later.
0: Yeah. So no, it, it all kind of culminates like with him going after the Ruby. Um, so like the Ruby was last held by a woman who, who worked for Roderick Burgess, the guy who trapped dream. Um, she actually like took all three artifacts and like, you know, uh, as she was like fleeing from this sorcerer, like ended up selling or bartering away all of them. But the, the Ruby had gone to her son, Mm -hmm. uh, who like, you know, just became a fucking serial killer because of it. Cause he could manipulate people's dreams and, and just like, make them crazy and shit. So I don't know. Like he ends up like the guy's like, Oh, I don't have to worry about dream getting the Ruby back because I've, I've altered it. So like, I'm the only person who can use it. So like dream gets the Ruby and it like basically fucking like almost kills him. Like it, Mm -hmm. like it saps his energy out of him. And like, uh just the serial killer guy gets it and he he basically uses it to take over a fucking diner because he's like upset that people lie and stuff and he's like what if everyone was just honest all the time right uh, and uses like, it to is very childish him. childish sense of morality like and no one should lie everyone should tell the truth 100 yeah.
1: percent of the time
0: yeah so it's like a fucking this is like the most like horror episode i think Because it's just like, you know, all these people being held hostage and it's like everybody does like their true confessions and stuff. And it's like, this is how awful it would be if, like, you weren't able to tell white lies to protect people you care about.
1: Right. Well, also, it's like everyone just acting seemingly on impulse, just like no one has any kind of like impulse control. They just, you know do their fucking shit like any anytime someone comes in like oh let's fuck oh let's fuck like it just seems like fucking
0: well yeah because like if if we're all being honest like I don't know the the human animal is largely motivated by sex and like a lot of a lot of times like if you're being really honest it's just like hey I want to just I see a random person I want to go fuck them yeah And it's like, well, you know, what if you just did it? And And they do the answer is that's horrible. I don't know. There's uh, like the waitress at the diner is talking to the cook and like she's romantically interested in him. And, uh, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm, you know, because he removes their ability to lie and he's just like, Yeah, I'm not interested in you or care about you at all. I've just been kind of hanging around you to get like a free meal. And like whenever Mm -hmm. I come over for dinner and stuff, you know, once you go to sleep, um, I go upstairs and fuck your son. And it's like, holy fucking shit. And then he's like, yeah, he's 21. And I was like, oh, all right. Uh, And I was like, oh, good. (laughs) Thank God. Yeah, right? That would have been horrendous. Uh and also it's consensual, so yeah. I don't know, in like in the comic it gets even worse. Like there's the one woman's talking about how like she would always make her boyfriend like fucking take a cold shower and like lay perfectly still before they had sex and stuff and like she would be on top with her eyes closed because like She I think she had done like a medical residency or something. And when she worked Mm -hmm. in the morgue, like she fucked one of the corpses and it was like. You know, she was trying to recreate that and it's like, yeah, Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) like like it gets even worse. (laughs) So it was kind of nice to not have to hear that in this. I don't think that would have had the uh, mass audience appeal that Netflix was going for
1: no definitely not
0: but um yeah i don't know uh ultimately like whenever dream confronts the dude who has the ruby like uh the battle kind of culminates in the ruby being destroyed uh which releases all the power contained with it that then goes back to dream uh so he doesn't have to fix the ruby he just you know it goes away which is, you know, a more elegant solution than what he probably would have come up with.
1: Uh, Right. And also, like, he doesn't really, he finds out he really doesn't need these tools. It's just like he can have his unadulterated power just by existing as opposed to having, like, these, uh, for lack of a better term, totems Mm -hmm. that uh, allow him to harness power.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. It's not like, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like Mjolnir in fucking Thor Ragnarok. (laughs) Like, yes, you know, it focuses its power. It's not the source of his power.
1: So then, uh, David Thulis, uh, dies. I think I I actually don't know what happens to David Thulis. I think I just assume he dies. I think he dies. All right. Well, uh, good for him. He's dead. Um, uh, speaking of dead and we, we finally get into, uh, the best episode, the death episode. Mm
0: hmm. The sound of Where's, her wings.
1: Yeah. Where it's just Kirby, uh, uh Hal Baptiste fucking, uh, spouting philosophy at a at, at dream and, and trying to make him less angry at humanity for keeping him captive for a hundred years yeah. and more, uh, sympathetic to their cause because not everybody is like Roderick Burgess.
0: Yeah. Which, uh, you know, his, his older sister, Death, is, walking him around in this uh, and being the fucking actual Grim Reaper. Uh, But she's like, nice and like helps people get through the experience of death.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And, uh, you know, dreams just like, how how can you be so kind and like be there for all of them? And she's just like, well, for a long time, I wasn't. And then I realized that, like, this is what they need me to be. So. You know, I realize it's not it's not all about me and what I want. It's you know, it's it's a responsibility and dreams like, huh? Interesting. I never thought about it like that
1: before. Uh, and then that begins the. um, The vortex story arc. Well, yeah. actually, that's not true because we have the, the second half of the death episode where they're like, hey, let's go check out. Uh, I want to go check on my my fucking experiment. And you're like, what experiment are you talking about? And then you flashback like 1498 or something like that or 1489. And this is or 1389. Uh, And then there's this dude who's like, I don't want to die. I'm never going to die. And so like, all right, cool. Well, you'll you'll just never die. You're going to live forever.
0: Yeah. And Dream meets up with him every hundred years to to see if he still wants to live. And the guy's always like, yeah, life kicks ass. Yeah, even because there's a there's a point where like his
1: his wife dies, like a, a wife he had dies. His son died and he
0: just he was miserable for for his entire that, that entire yeah, he years. lost. He lost all his money. People tried to kill him because they realized like, hey, this guy's like 400 years old. He's probably a witch. Let's fucking throw him in the river. And then like he was in Let's a under the a river duck. for like 80 years. Yeah. And then finally uh, and clawed his way out after drowning, like repeatedly for, you know, decades. Yeah. And then
1: and then he's like, well, so that's it then, right? You want to you be done? He's like, no, no, like, I've, hit no the, I've hit rock bottom.
0: Like uh, dying is for pussies. Like, uh, uh, yeah, I hit rock bottom. There's nowhere to go but up. Life is badass.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, like, that, that, like, that's what makes the episode, like, the philosophy stuff is what also makes it interesting, but, like, then there's this philosophical end on the back, where it's just, like, given the opportunity, how, how many humans would, like, this is, like, seemingly the one human that will just be like, yeah, I'm good going to go in forever, man, like, life, like, I still have so much more to experience. Everything I experience is just a, an even greater gift, even if it's just misery for me.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I uh I thought that was a pretty cool story arc. Like I don't know. I liked uh I liked seeing them like meet up and kind of re reconnect and all that stuff. Cause then like whenever Dream was captured, it's like, oh, like he's he's not coming to see me this time. Yeah. And then Dream finally shows up and he's like, Hey, sorry I was late. Sorry I'm late, Mr. President doesn't anybody have any missiles left? So, um, I don't know. And then that, that puts us into the doll's house, uh, story arc, which is, uh, like you said about a vortex who is like, basically like a super dreamer who can create and destroy things with their dreams. And it's like, it's this weird phenomenon that like, not even Morpheus knows why it happens, but like, Every every generation or so a vortex appears and uh, Morpheus has to kill them to like keep the dreaming intact. Right. Uh, so the new the new vortex in this age is a girl named Rose uh, who is trying to find her brother who um, was put into the foster system and is like living with this shitty family who just basically uses him as a meal ticket. Because they get a government stipend uh, and they abuse the shit out of them. And then uh, Rose is like, as she's looking for him, like she's living in a house with like this zany cast of characters. uh, And they go into like all of their stories a little bit. Uh,
1: I did not like the the zany cast of characters. (laughs) I I fucking despised almost every one of
0: them. Yeah, I don't know. Some of them are okay. Uh, One of them is, uh, turns out to be, you know, one of the the missing dreams that uh, Morpheus is looking for, uh, which is Fiddler's Fiddler's Green, which, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's more interesting in the comic if you ever read the comic, but uh, turns out he's he's not a person. He's a place. So he's uh, a location in the dreaming who decides to become a dude and like go live with humans for a little bit. Uh, but the main one he's looking for is the Corinthian, uh, which is a nightmare that uh, escaped from him. And uh
1: Yeah. Uh, which uh he was he was about to capture the Corinthian uh before he got pulled away by Roderick Burgess
0: mm-hmm. yeah which uh oh boy did they cast the Corinthian just just perfectly um uh quite quite good this this boy to Holbrook as the Corinthian yeah. and like the the portrayal of him and how Utterly horrifying he is and just like completely amoral is it, uh, it was quite good. Uh, the Corinthian is just like a dude who is a serial killer. Like he he decides to quit living in dreams and just like basically be a waking nightmare and just like murder humans. Uh, and he like inspires like a serial killer like fandom, basically. Mm hmm. Uh, that they call themselves collectors because uh, the Corinthian will kill people and take their eyes because they're his favorite snack uh, because the Corinthian always wears dark sunglasses and in where his eyes should be are two other mouths. Yeah, see, what I assumed after I saw like eyes being
1: plucked out was that uh the Corinthian just like stared at their eye like stared into their eyes with his with like his like sunglassed eyes with teeth and then just had the teeth eat the eat the eyes. Yeah. But no, it turns out he actually just has them,
0: which uh was much less metal. I don't know. I think uh I think he does eat the eyes. Oh, well then I think he's uh, cool. I think in the comic, it shows him like eating eyes with his eye, his eye holes. He's the only one who's yeah, allowed to have eye holes around eye here. Holes. Get fun out of here with my eye holes. Oh, uh, all these references. But yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's a whole other thing. Um. I don't know. Rose, the the girl who is the, the vortex, and like I said, she can like she has kind of uh power that can rival Morpheus himself, like within the dreaming. Like her her one friend, uh her husband died, and like she dreams that she sees him uh and that like he asks her to live with him in the dream. And like she ends up getting pregnant in the dream and wakes up and she is pregnant because like yep, Rose manifested it as being real. Uh, so here's like, uh, th- I, I don't know. Like, this is a big spoiler for like presumably future seasons of this show, but like the, the child who like was conceived in the dream uh, like Morpheus says, like, someday I'm going to come and reclaim him like he's he's of the dreaming. He's of he, the dreaming. Yes. And therefore he belongs to me. It's um, so like in the comics. uh, Eventually. That child succeeds Morpheus as Lord of the Dreaming and becomes the new manifestation of dream. Huh? OK, I mean, that makes sense. But okay. But yeah. I don't know. So they, they have like the hook for the next season. So. Well, we have I think the next season is going to be the invasion
1: of the dreaming through hell.
0: Yeah, because uh, like the end of it, like Lucifer's like, hey, this this motherfucker embarrassed me. Uh, We can't wage war directly on heaven, but, you know, we can expand our borders. Uh, So we're going to fucking. Take the dreaming for ourselves and set yeah. it up as an outpost of hell.
1: Yeah, but before that, uh, when Dream defeats uh, the Corinthian and re- like, I guess, actually just captures the Corinthian because uh, at the end he's shown because there's a, yeah, there's a like
0: third unmakes him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, there's a third. Uh, well, this one's a nightmare, but uh, there's a nightmare but that she's she, looking. She wanted for, to be a dream and she wanted to be a dream. Uh, And so she left the dreaming because she wanted to go off and be a dream. Uh, And then, uh, you know, as as dream continue, as Morpheus himself continues to soften on how he perceives everything, uh, he eventually goes and remakes her into a dream, which is one of those nice moments of the series. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It shows that, like, you know, he's actually growing as a character.
1: Yeah. But he's like, yeah, I'm not ready to remake the Corinthian yet because, you
0: know corinthian's kind of fucked yeah he's kind of a you know literal monster yeah but but uh so
1: he he unmakes the corinthian and then uh as the 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 collectors uh who are serial killers uh are still dreaming he basically removes their um where, like he gives them
0: shame he, he i gives, believe yeah he gives them guilt for the things that they've done uh and they all end up killing themselves <laughs> well like one woman the one woman gets on
1: the phone and calls the police and she's like i'd like to report uh, a murder that i committed and then one another guy blows his brains out they all just look so fucking defeated and disgusted so it's one of those like really awesome scenes where you're just like well serial killers are done now i
0: guess <laughs> at least the ones that you know, we're Corinthian copycats. Right. I don't know. That's kind of the, the cliff's notes to this show, but like there's, there's a lot of cool and like interesting thing that's that happened in it. Like it's, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of uh, material for them to work with for the next season. Like we kind of find out like who orchestrated uh dream being the one who was captured and, uh, you know, that's like the big plot hook um, and dream kind of confronts them and is like, if you do some dumb shit like that again, like I'm we fucking ending words. you. Yeah. Uh, and then like hell's getting ready to invade and yeah, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, but I don't know. I um, there's a point in the comics where like it kind of stops being a narrative show and becomes an anthology and uh i don't know i'd be i'd be fine with that too like i kind of like the the just like random little stories like uh you know him meeting his friend every hu- hundred years
1: yeah yeah it'd be it'd be interesting to revisit
0: you know in a later season all right uh anything else about the sandman no that's about it so it's uh 3.5 overall from us and it's uh you know I would say a, a general recommend. Uh yeah.
1: We'll have to see viewing stats to get a clearer picture uh, for next week but uh, so far uh, kind of a, a a bad not bad. It was kind of a disappointing premiere for it cuz uh it opened to fewer viewing hours than Resident Evil. Yeah, which is on the chopping block.
0: Yikes. Yeah. So. All right. uh, Well, that'll bring us into our third segment. Uh, Dan, do you want to set me up?
1: Yeah, uh, Caleb,
0: you know what's better than working the night shift? Uh, Ducking out for a nooner. Nailed it. Uh, No, it's working the day shift with Jamie Foxx. Hey, Day, Day Shift is a, an action comedy fantasy uh, vampire movie. It's a 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb. A hardworking blue collar dad who just wants to provide a good life for his quick witted eight year old daughter. His mundane San Fernando Valley pool cleaning job is a front for his real source of income, hunting and killing vampires. It's directed by J.J. Perry, written by Tyler Tice and Shay Hatton, uh, stars Jamie Foxx. Dave Franco, Natasha Liu Bordizzo, and uh, Snoop Dogg. Mm -hmm. It's the motherfucking D-O-double-G. Yeah. Uh, What'd you think of Day Shift?
1: It's okay. Uh, Dave Franco is probably the worst part about this movie. Uh, That's true. And it's just that that character is just not interesting like i i have nothing wrong with dave franco like he played the character exactly how he's supposed to play it it's just that character type is uh grating to me anymore and i can't take it yeah
0: just the the guy who has no business being there and just fucking simpers the entire time yeah like oh isn't it funny that he pissed his pants on multiple occasions do you get our funny piss joke
1: well we have to pay off him not pissing his pants at the end of the movie look how funny it is it's but yeah like he he he's 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 the worst part uh the second worst part is um whenever uh his next door neighbor is like i'm sorry i had to get close to you and it's like you guys talked for like 3 minutes one time on camera and then yeah. it was like I, what
0: are you talking about getting close to each other she means physically close cuz they were next door to each other
1: uh, yeah i guess i don't know it, it was dumb uh, so obviously, like, there was some stuff cut from this movie. Um, y- y- you know what you could have cut instead is all the pissing of pants. Yeah. Uh, and then focused on giving, uh, Natasha Liu uh, a fucking actual story that isn't just
0: her showing up and being like, oh, it's this character. I remember her. Uh, uh let's talk about the things that are good in the movie. Yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, Jamie Foxx yeah. shooting vampires. Uh, Amazing other people shooting vampires snoop dog being a black urban cowboy yeah uh, snoop dog shooting vampires with uh, a minigun that says big bertha on it yeah it uh it's it's fucking dope it's great uh and then at the very end there's like you know a pre-credits fucking like stinger where snoop dog is revealed to have not died uh and he References the Lost Boys and says, the one thing I love about Los Angeles, all the damn vampires. Sure. Uh,
1: d- Yeah, whatever you have to say. Yeah, sure. Whatever you say. Yeah. Uh, I'm making I'll a joke about, about the
0: Lost Boys. Yeah. Uh.
1: Yeah, that was one of those. That was definitely an interesting end credit stinger or like pre credit stinger, because like the scene is of everybody like driving away. And then Snoop Dogg is like, ah, popped out a manhole cover. Here I am. Snoop fucking dog lights up a blunt. Says his line.
0: it's a motherfucking deal. Double G Snoop Dogg. And then, uh, yeah, lights up his blunt and then we, we, we go, we're, 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 out. And then he, you know, he shoots his minigun a bunch and then he drops it like it's hot. Mm hmm. Uh,
1: the 80 yard in a few of his lines, uh, and you can tell, uh, they, they don't sound right so i don't know if like he just had bad line delivery the first time or if they were just like wait we need more snoop lines or if he was just you know high yeah he could have been high <laughs> fuck do i say here man oh i don't know uh fuck i just just uh, snoop when when are you not high uh, probably like 6 in the morning. Okay, cool. Go, co- just come into a VO booth at 6
0: in the morning, say some lines, and then go go get high. I don't know. They got bitches in the living room getting it on, and they ain't going to sleep till 6 in the morning. I'm glad you're just finding more and more Snoop Dogg references. So what you gonna do? He's got a pocket full of rubbers, and his homeboys do, too.
1: <laughs> so, so,
0: yeah. Um...
1: Yeah, the the, uh, the the action's fun. The action's fun, dumb, and campy. Uh, they have approximately 11 million uh, body contortionists mm-hmm. for this movie. Which, like, cool, I guess. I, I didn't know there were contortionist
0: vampires, but uh, here we are. I don't know, don't worry. Dave Franco will tell us all about the different vampire subspecies. Yeah, I mean, that's also
1: what he's there for is uh, exposition.
0: Yeah. Basil exposition with British
1: intelligence. So, uh, I've been talking a lot. What do you What do you like and dislike about the movie? Uh,
0: I don't know. It's it's a campy, fun, stupid movie that I can just shut my brain off and watch. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of stupid things happen, stupidly, but then like it's you know funny and entertaining and stupid. Uh, but you know, oh. it's also one of those things where it's like all vampires are bad until some of the vampires aren't bad. Well, until you, until, uh, the vampires turn out to be somebody, you know? Yeah. Oh, uh, like, Oh, these are, these are our special vampires that, you know, we'll hang with.
1: Right. Uh, which uh, of course poses the question, what's going to happen to them in a potential sequel? Cause a, a sequel is, is possible. Uh, We also could just get a legacy sequel where because, I mean, they they talked about the whole thing being global, Mm -hmm. so we could just get different cities of like day shift or whatever, or whatever you want to call it, like day shift Paris or like day shift uh, Johannesburg. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, fun movie, uh, dumb, turned my brain off the entire time uh, and anybody doing anything more than that, uh, you're you're actively trying to hate the movie yeah it's true uh so what would you give it yeah it's, a, it's like a if i could do like a 3.25 it'd be like a 3.25 uh but uh we, we don't do that because uh we only have uh, 10 ratings so
0: uh <laughs> we're going with a, a three yeah i was gonna go two and a half it's a qualified recommend and eh, sure that's fair
1: all right well next week on the show we'll be talking about uh <laughs> 365 days the next 365 days uh, chain of memories back of that we'll be doing a patron requested view for the indian movie rrr or triple r uh, i don't know what it is it's for the hours it's just R R-R-R. uh yeah it's a it's a three-hour movie uh, it's like the most popular movie from India this year, and uh, I actually have been looking for an excuse to watch this. And thanks to Jason, the nerd revert, uh, we have an excuse too. That's true. Uh, we're all very excited. Exciting? Paul, Paul, and Gerald are watching three hour movies out there. Exciting is not a word they use to describe it. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably true. Uh, tell them stuff, Dan. You can find the show at Netflix and Swill.com if you want to stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill. Check out our social medias at Netflix and Swill everywhere. That includes uh, Instagram and TikTok, where I'm doing uh, viewing statistic breakdowns every week from Tuesday to Fridays. Uh, call, uh, follow and watch them. Uh, I give good information sometimes, and sometimes people comment, yeah, right, buddy. Uh, to which I respond with, "Have did you watch the whole video?" Because I feel like you're you're not following my my thought process here uh, on purpose.
0: <laughs> That's it. All right. Uh well, thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, Bitter, uh, which is how Gerald feels about watching three hour movies. <laughs> you're just catching strays every week. <laughs> Uh, And until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday.